This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and wave our arms around a lot while we're doing the intro. And this week we're talking about American cheese. <laughs> Okay, American cheese. I kind of, I know I say this every week or almost every week, but I truly was surprised to discover we hadn't done this yet. Sometimes I just say that and I don't mean it. (laughs) But this time I mean it. Wait a minute, what other things are you saying that you don't mean? I love you. No, no. (laughs) To you, Matthew, only to you. Just kidding. Just kidding. I do love you. I truly love you. I'm I'm going to cry for the rest of the episode, but also laugh. Okay. Like you do. Okay. Oh, it, I just realized something that we should have asked like before st- even starting t- to research this episode, which I researched, which is I'm not sure if this kind of processed cheese is called American cheese like worldwide. What if the same thing in you, Canada is called Canadian cheese? I, I don't think know. That the, I think I, I what I really hope is that maybe the rest of the world doesn't have to encounter this cheese. I like it. I mean, I like it, but it's not like a cheese. We'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Memory lane? Yeah. So, Tony Negroni, my mom, first name Tony, last name Negroni. Got it. Scorned this cheese. And I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah, and no, I'm not I'm not surprised either. She scorned this cheese. We never had Kraft Singles in the house, though I do have a very vivid memory of watching Kraft Singles ads. Yes. They do were, you remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very memorable ad. That said, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between like what you think of as American cheese and Velveeta. Yeah, we'll, Be- we'll get into that okay. for sure. Because my dad always bought... Velveeta to have around the house for mac and cheese. Yeah, and that that totally makes sense. Okay. We always had craft singles in the house. I had like a false memory associated with these because I believed until yesterday that they started using the brand name craft singles when I was a kid. Not the case. Oh, when when did they start using it? They started using the name craft singles in like 1963. Well, 
I can't find the answer. I thought I knew the answer, but I don't know. So, like, the 60s. Okay. Okay. So when I was a kid, we always had craft singles in the house. They were called that. And I would snack on them, like, right out of the wrapper and, like, uh, like peel it, kind of fold it in half and eat the first half and then extract the second half. Like, I don't think I would enjoy snacking on that now. The idea of that, like, thin, was it paper or was it, like, a thin layer of, like, deli plastic? Plastic. Oh, that sounds so satisfying, though, peeling that back. Oh, it is. Are both sides of a craft single shiny? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's like super. Okay, you know what I'm thinking of? Yes. Fruit roll ups. Yeah, it's Do just you like remember that. the plastic sheet that fruit roll ups were Absolutely. on? Absolutely. And how the side that was in contact with the plastic was shiny. And how fruit roll ups were revolutionary because they were the first fruit roll that would actually peel off from the plastic and not stick to it and drive you crazy. Wait, were there ones before that? Oh, absolutely. Like, really? like fruit fruit leather. Fruit leather stuck to the thing? Oh yeah, like 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 I would get these like round fruit leathers like that were they were like a big circle that was like stuck to a piece of cellophane and you could not peel them off and i <laughs> you like constantly like making out with this piece I used of constantly plastic just licking this trying to lick this <laughs> layer of fruit spread congealed fruit spread off of the cellophane and it, it just looked filthy wow hot but it was it was great practice <laughs> it's very dental dammy. It is very dental dammy. Okay. Anyway, um, back to craft singles. Okay, so you liked to snack on them. Mm-hmm. They were also the filling in uh, in surprise cheese sandwiches, which is what uh, my mom called grilled cheese sandwiches. And so, what is it? Okay. So it being yeah, processed what cheese. Is, what is American cheese, and is it really cheese? So American cheese is is a processed cheese product uh, that's made with uh, cheddar and or Colby cheese. We'll talk about what Colby cheese is in just a second. Okay. Um, emulsifiers, especially sodium citrate, uh, salt, and other ingredients such as whey. Okay. Uh, and the emulsifiers are kind of the key thing. Oh, They're there to prevent the cheese from separating into solids and fat when you melt them. So the whole idea of these cheeses is to be like Melted. a meltable sea of goo. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is not to say that you can't use them as like a, a slice on a on a unheated sandwich, sandwich, but it's not my preference. Okay. Uh, so wait, hold on. What is Colby cheese? Okay. So Colby cheese is is Jack cheese that's that's uh, has a natto coloring added, so it's orange. And what's Jack cheese? Uh, Jack cheese is a a washed curd cheese. So it's uh, it's it's sort of it's like cheddar but made with water instead of whey and it doesn't undergo the cheddaring process so it's designed to be a very mild creamy hard cheese and colby is made with the same process but they add some natural coloring does jack taste a lot different from mozzarella jack tastes pretty different from mozzarella a lot like does like supermarket jack taste a lot different from supermarket mozzarella no i don't think so but mozzarella is tangier because it's a it's made with whey okay got it Interesting. I don't think I have ever thought of Jack Cheese. Do you think maybe we could do an episode on Jack Cheese? We should do an episode on Jack Cheese because I really like Jack Cheese. It's now that I think about it, I'm going to talk about like the cheese to non cheese continuum in a minute. And I feel like Jack is kind of like on one end of the cheese to non cheese continuum, but maybe not all the way on the cheese side. You know, I think that I first 
when I used to work uh, at a Whole Foods like 20 years ago selling cheese, Mm -hmm. I think that we carried a product that was like Drunken Jack or something like that. And it was like Jack. So it was I knew it was a washed rind and it was washed with something that made it like purple. Yeah, like port or something. Yeah, but I never tasted it. So there's Vela Dry Jack, which is like a really good cheese. Yes, we carried that for sure. And there's Colby Jack, which is just like uh, like marbled yellow Mm -hmm. and white jack cheese usually appears as cheese cubes on a on a platter with like you know crudite yeah so uh american cheese cannot legally be called cheese if you look at the fine print it's always called something like pasteurized processed cheese food but producers hate the term cheese food for obvious reasons because it sounds terrible and so now they call it all sorts of non-regulated things like craft singles are called pasteurized prepared cheese product which is not a regulated term it's just like something they made up Hold on. Let's just think about this for a yeah. second. Do we think this is actually better than pasteurized processed cheese food? No. Uh, cheese food is pretty weird. And process has a really negative connotation to it. So, yes, yeah, so I think prepared has a more positive connotation than than process. OK. OK. I don't know about product. Uh, hold on. And am I hearing in both of our pronunciations that there's no ED at the end of process? No, the FDA calls it this process cheese with not processed cheese i do not know why this drives me nuts like when people write on a menu whip cream or roast vegetables that i don't like roast beef roast beef is a different thing roasted beef doesn't exist roast wait what did you say roasted beef doesn't roasted beef that does not exist but roasted vegetables what about roast potatoes so hold on roast beef is like a thing that goes beyond just the preparation of it. It's also like a flavor we think of. Yeah. Right? I guess, but but I th- but what's going but like, on here it clearly is that roast already sounds like a past participle. And that's why it's getting used this way. Okay, but what about whip? Um whip cream. I think it's a good question. I, I think it's just like 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 consonants getting smushed together. Yeah, because it's hard like to whipped. say whipped cream. Whipped cream. It's it's whipped hard. Cream. It's one of the hardest things in a typical day. It is. Yeah. All right. So I also learned that um, the FDA calls cheeses like Parmigiano Reggiano and Grana Padano granular cheese. Yummy. Isn't that great? Yeah. Do you like to put a little granular cheese on your pasta? I do. Me mm. too. So. You asked whether Velveeta is American cheese, and I want to answer this question by kind of introducing the idea of a cheese-to-non-cheese continuum. Are you okay. ready for this? Okay, okay. Um, like, uh, sometimes sometimes we get into botany on the show. This is, this is like food science. Okay, ready. Food engineering, kind of. So... On the one side, you've got like like Tillamook cheddar, that is cheese. It's made through like a fairly traditional cheese making process and it doesn't have any additives beyond rennet and salt. All right. Okay. Okay. On the other end is like things that are marketed as American slices or American singles and don't use the word cheese anywhere on the package or in the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Those are made from like milk protein and vegetable oil and artif- and uh, natural coloring and emulsifiers and stuff. Those are not very good. And would that be Velveeta? No. 
Okay. Let's talk about like Boar's Head. You know, you go up to the deli counter at the supermarket. Hold on. Yeah. I need you to go back for a second yeah. because until this weekend. So we're recording this uh, shortly after our Spilled Milk corporate retreat. Yes. And one of the items. So we, because we are still in these uh, these horrible times, we took all our groceries and cooked all our food. Yes. I mean, and that, that, that didn't seem like a burden. No, it didn't seem like a burden. But ordinarily, we would like go out to dinner yeah, and yeah. stuff. Anyway, but one night we had burgers. Matthew requested American cheese. Mm -hmm. So I had volunteered to do all the grocery shopping. And when I got to the grocery store, it did not occur to me to go to the deli counter and get it sliced. I just went to where like the pre-sliced cheeses are. Sometimes you just got to get it sliced, you know? Yeah. I think so. I do like the deli sliced American cheese. I also like Kraft singles. Wait, totally but fine. But hold on. It, they're different things. They're different things. The deli sliced cheese is further along the cheese end of the cheese to non-cheese continuum. So just because it comes in like a loaf, so higher quality processed cheeses come in loaves. Yeah, so it has less added like whey and, and stuff and more cheese solids. Huh. And can you ever buy it pre-sliced like as singles? You can buy it pre-sliced as singles. I've seen it. Like maybe in like a hanging case next to the deli case, like where they might have some like sliced uh, salami and stuff. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, it's still going to be better pre-sliced because the surface isn't going to get like sweaty. So you mean it's going to be better fresh sliced, fresh freshly sliced. sliced. Okay. So so we go like like real cheese, then deli sliced American cheese, then craft singles are kind of in the middle of the continuum. Okay. All right. Got it. Then Velveeta. So Velveeta is somewhat less real cheese than craft singles. Okay. It's it's more stabilizer more polymers. And, and polymer oriented. And then you get like the stuff that has no cheese added at all. Okay. And what would that be? The bargain pre-sliced like uh, that you'd buy like in the cheap cheese section of the supermarket and they're and they're labeled American slices or American singles. And don't use the word cheese on the package. Oh, well, I how's that different from craft singles? Um, so craft singles have the word cheese on the package. They are identified as pasteurized prepared cheese product. Gosh, and because when I was doing our retreat shopping, I almost bought like Kroger brand American cheese or American singles or. Which might like depending on whether it says cheese on the package and the specific ingredient list might be n totally non-cheese or might be semi-cheese. Okay. Wow. I, I really went down a cheese hole. Wow. You like, sure remember, did. Remember we tasted Wookiee hole cheddar? I think I went down a Wookiee hole. I think you did. Um, okay. So, so the answer is Velveeta is kind of American cheese. It's like slightly less cheesy than, than what I think more, of as American cheese. It's but slightly it's, more gooey. Yeah, it's okay. more gooey. So, okay. so let's talk about the history and then talk about like why these things exist when we can get real cheese. Okay. Because I think there is like a reason. There's a time and a place. I think there's a time and a place. I think I've always felt like, and I came up with this concept, that uh, to everything there is a season. Would you say that you turn toward that season and then you turn – to the next and turn, I, yeah, I turn, turn, I tend to turn, turn three times. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, go on. All right. So uh, uh, the the story of American cheese is really the story of Kraft because it was invented and first marketed by James L. Kraft. Ah, to be James L. Kraft. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Do you think it would have been good to be one of these, these like, 
uh, early 19th, 20th century industrial titans. Probably pretty good. I'm sure it was better than bad. Yeah, yeah, it was better. It was better than working for them, I'm sure. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, Kraft marketed American cheese. He invented it in like 1910 and marketed it by the late 19s. And the the name American cheese and the product took off quickly, but it was not until 1950 that they started selling it sliced. And even then, they didn't call it Kraft Singles. They called it Kraft Deluxe Process Slices. I have a question. Can you buy the thing that is Kraft Singles as a block that you have to slice yourself? Oh, that's a good question. The answer is no, because Kraft Singles were never a block. You can buy oh. a block of Boar's of like Boar's Head or other deli brand American cheese. So craft singles were never like they were something, never a block. You there can, was never a chip off the old block. There was just the chip. Wow. <laughs> I have to sit with that for a minute. What if I think I'm, I'm a chip off the old block, but there never was a block. There's, you know, you broke the mold. I think I broke the mold. So craft singles are made by like rolling out a thin sheet of cheese-like substance and then cutting it into squares. So it's sort of extruded. So like lasagna sheets. Like, yes, exactly. Like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Like, what if you could get the sheets and make a lasagna with cheese in between sheets of cheese? That is a lot of craft singles. There are a lot of like casserole recipes that use an enormous amount of American cheese that don't really appeal to me, but probably if I tried one would be pretty darn good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, so these are manufactured as like a a long thin sheet or a sheet that is then cut into squares. Right, and originally in 1950, they were marked, they were sold in like a square package, but there was nothing separating the slices. Oh, that sounds like a mess. Right. So it was it was a problem. Like they would stick together. And uh, I'm getting a lot of this from a great article by Charles Wilson from the New York Times in 2012, which we'll re- link to. And uh, he writes, quote, the manufacturing difficulties were solved in part by an elaborate contraption that ran liquid pasteurized cheese through a, quote, chill roll, a machine that resembled a large rolling pin. The roll created a long ribbon of cheese, which was then cut into three inch square slices. Hold on. I'm going to read this again. Yeah. Slow slow your chill roll. I'm sure there's a video of this. Okay. Okay. All right. Go on. So, yeah. So it was called Kraft Deluxe Process Slices. Uh, the individual wrapping was added in 1956. So there was so there were like six years there when the cheese slices just stuck together. Yeah, and it sounds like the individual wrapping was like invented by another company and sold to Kraft, which I wait, feel like must have been kind of embarrassing. Wait, wait, hold on. So wait, say this again, sum so, it up. In 1950, they introduced non-individually wrapped sliced Kraft singles that were just a stack of cheese slices in a in a package with nothing in between the slices. So a stack of disaster. A stack of disaster. That's what it was called. It was really the the craft disaster stack. Okay. Um, And then in 1956, they started individually wrapping the cheese slices, and that's when things really took off. Okay, cool. Okay. And I seem to remember when we were kids, in some of those craft ads, they made some pretty hard to believe claims about the amount of milk in each slice. I remember or... this so vividly. Yes, that okay. uh, that they said it was five ounces of milk in each slice, and they had these commercials where like someone was like pouring a glass of milk, and it turned into a craft single. And uh, in 1992, the FDA was like, "You cannot say that because it isn't true." And in particular, like uh, the the particular objection by the FDA was that. Uh, if you if they put five ounces of milk in something, then each slice should have the equivalent nutrients associated with five ounces of milk, and they do not. 
This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances, like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. There's been an elephant in the room this whole time, I feel like, right? Why do we have this stuff? Right. So, like, we could get Tillamook cheddar, and it's not that expensive, and it's very tasty, and it's real cheese. Why would we ever buy this stuff? Mm -hmm. And friend of the show, Kenji Lopez-Alt, wrote a really good article about that question, and we'll link to it. It was in Serious Eats. But the reason is texture. Mm-hmm. American cheese has a texture that no real cheese can match. Yeah, this this seems to be, I mean, what are other products that exist solely for texture? I mean, this well, really is texture. I mean, like, I know that it, this has flavor too, but it... Mayo has flavor, right? Yeah, mayo has flavor. Um, when was the last time you ate it? You don't remember if it has flavor? I, I don't like mayo. <laughs> but I bet I'm going to try to sneak some mayo onto a sandwich and see if you notice. Okay, yeah. Like, you're always passing me sandwiches, and I just kind of reach <laughs> my hand over and just, like, stuff it into my mouth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could probably uh, uh, punk what, me okay, with a wait, sandwich. No, I would love listeners to write in with with suggestions for foods that exist solely for texture. Yeah, I mean, I can think, of like, like uh, you know, like Yuba. Like, I can think of foods that, that exist. Yeah, that, that these are foods that exist, like, to give you, like, kind of a positive texture texture experience and American cheese exists to give you sort of a background texture experience. Are those different things? I don't know. Hmm. I'm not sure I know what you mean. I mean, I guess boba, like the texture of boba in bubble tea is... I don't mean positive in, the, in like in the sense of good. I mean positive in the sense of like you want to focus on that texture. That's correct. I get that. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, but I don't know. Yeah. Like the, the creaminess of creaminess of American cheese, like you can focus on the creaminess. Sure. Right? I focus on the creaminess all the time. Yeah. So American cheese, you can melt it, you could boil it if you want, and it won't split or become grainy. And that makes it good for certain types of foods. 
how do you feel about the fact that American cheese has so little flavor? Is this is this part of its appeal? I think that's part of its appeal. Yeah, like that if you if you make a mac and cheese using like the amount of Tillamook like Tillamook sharp cheddar in the amount that you would use like a Velveeta, it's going to be have too much flavor. Aside from the fact that the texture won't be as good, like it's going to be too intense. I have made a mac and cheese that had too much cheddar. And, and by it, too intense, do you mean it, it gets too rich? Like the flavor itself. You know how some flavors are almost yeah, like, like, like richness being conferred, not just through fat or texture, but also through flavor. Yeah, that it's that it's like, I mean, I think you could you could get away with it by using like, you know, medium or mild cheddar. But like, yeah, the kind of thing where you like take a bite, like, whoa, this is great. And then you take like two more bites. and You're like, and I'm done. Like, it's just over. I overloads. would call that richness. But but richness implies that it's because of like the amount of fat. But okay. you will get plenty of fat from using American cheese. Like I think it's it's like taste oh, bud overload. That's overload. a good point. I haven't thought about the amount of fat in American cheese versus cheddar, or that. I mean, are they similar? I think so. Well, we're not sure. We're not sure. All right, listeners. So we've got a whole lot of unsureness. Yeah, but I like how American cheese like adds something without really calling attention to itself. Like like I would never balk at having a slice of American cheese on a burger. I think it can improve any burger, but it's not like, like, ooh, like taste this delicious American cheese. It's, it's mostly there to like add like that creamy layer. Well, yes. And I think about, so if I go to Dick's here in Seattle, mm-hmm. um, which is a very inexpensive fast food place, what I look for in a burger there is sort of a, like <laughs> a homogenous texture. Yeah. Like bun to burger to cheese, is it, it, there's not that much variation for the teeth. And the and the and cheese slice sort of glues the burger to the bun in a does. nice way. It does. It does. And there is something really nice about the way that as you bite into it, you, you truly can feel the give of the cheese yeah. in a very different way from cheddar. Yeah. Have you have you tried the new Dick's special uh, Cabralis burger? <laughs> is that what, is that? Um, wait, that's a fancy blue cheese. It's fancy. Spanish yeah. blue yeah. cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. Yes. That thanks. That, that was a good was joke. joke. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. a good joke. Yeah. OK. So, Matthew, obviously you buy this stuff. And I you, do. But, and you always buy the actual like fresh sliced, like deli sliced one. Yeah. And I noticed that you tend to buy the white one. <laughs> yeah. Which which can be a problem. Like why? I just kind of like the way it looks better. In context, especially, does it just look more like cheddar? And in truth, you're 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 responding to the the yeah. I mean, they certainly taste it? exactly the same, the white one and the orange one. But also, like, I have no good reason for buying the white American cheese. And also, when you walk up to the counter and say, "Give me the white American cheese," and you're a white American guy, like yeah, it feels problematic. That's dumb. So, uh, but yeah, but yeah, I like the uh, the deli sliced. I I think that the, we just so interesting to me. I just never thought about it. Like it has slightly more cheddar flavor, just very slightly. And I feel like, and when we just tasted them side by side, the real textural difference was that yes. the, the craft singles leave kind of a film on the roof of your mouth. Like, and it's very obvious. You don't have to go looking for yeah. it. it. Oh, it's it also is... possible we forgot to take the wrapper off. <laughs> so what do you use um, American cheese for besides grilled cheese and okay. burgers? So I think it is great in mac and cheese. I don't really make homemade mac and cheese. We did a whole episode about that. 
that. Mm-hmm. Remember that? The mm-hmm. Krusty Corners episode? Mm-hmm. Breakfast sandwiches. Mm. I love a slice of American cheese on a breakfast sandwich. I don't think there's any other cheese that compares. Uh, and like, by breakfast sandwich, are you thinking like English muffin with scrambled egg? English muffin with scrambled or, or fried egg, like an over easy egg, sausage patty or bacon optionally, and a slice of American cheese. So I have good. a question about the American cheese. Yeah. Is American cheese like melty enough or like you know um it seems like it melts maybe at a lower point a, a lower right. heat yeah, than than uh real you could cheddar. probably like put some down your pants and it would melt <laughs> do you have to do anything to make the american cheese melt on your breakfast sandwich or if you just plop it right on top of your hot egg does it melt it doesn't melt quite enough for my preferences. So, so I I will like put it on in the pan and cover the pan for 10 seconds. Put you put it on the egg? I will usually put it it, it depends like if I'm if I'm doing a sausage patty, I'll put it on the sausage patty like like I was making a cheeseburger. Uh-huh. If I'm doing like scrambled egg, like I think that will be hot enough to melt it. If the if the English muffin is hot too and just mm. like let it sit for 30 seconds before I start eating. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I wish really we knew the, the melt point of it. This there's so many things that I wish you had researched. Yeah, but I'm that's gonna, okay. I had 90, no idea. 96 degrees. Oh, that's I, the melt point. I, that's the melt point. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just figured it out. Great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anything? Oh, oh, other things. Um, Philly cheesesteaks. That is the other main thing I I use it for at home. It's my favorite cheese for a Philly cheesesteak. I love making Philly cheesesteaks, and I love how when you use American cheese, it just like kind of melts throughout. And I know you can get that from Cheese Whiz also, but I just prefer the texture of American cheese. I've never had a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, we should. I should make you one. They're very good. Oh, I would love that. Maybe we should get somebody on the show who could talk to us about Philly cheesesteaks too. Maybe someone from Philadelphia. Maybe. All right. And then you can make me one and and we'll talk about it. Okay. I okay. like this idea. Okay. Matthew, are there other types of American cheese or is it just, is American so, cheese American cheese or is it like cheddar where you've got like a whole family of things with slight variations? Yeah, there are other processed cheeses like, you know, American cheese is usually based on cheddar and or Colby. Velveeta is, is like a little different and like not based on any specific cheese, I don't think. And then there's Provel cheese, which is a processed cheese made from provolone and mozzarella. And it is associated with St. Louis cuisine. Mm. And in particular, it is used to top St. Louis style pizza, but it's also used for like sandwiches and stuff in St. Louis. Wow. I've never I'd been love- to St. Louis. I don't know anything about St. Louis cuisine. I've never had St. Louis style pizza, but I am fascinated. I love these weird regional things. Yeah. I mean, not to say that Provel is any weirder than anything else, but I, no. I love like these like city based regionalisms. Yeah, no, like how uh, the rest of my family at one point went on vacation in Springfield, Illinois, when my sister in law, sister in law, Silots W, was mm-hmm. was living there, <laughs> um, and they had this thing that is that is a Springfield, Illinois specialty called a shoe that's like a bunch of French fries with cheese sauce and a bunch of other toppings on them. So that sort of like great. nachos, but made with French fries and like any. Like sometimes like sliced deli meats and like all kinds of things. Wow. Yeah. yeah oh, they, they came back and said they did not think I would like it. And oh. I think they're probably right. Okay. But, uh, but I'm glad it exists. Do we have anything else to say about American cheese? I don't think we or, do. Or processed cheese. No, I don't think we do. There was a lot of learning for me in this episode. Me too. Like wow. I, I started researching it. This like we got home from our retreat yesterday, and like like at seven thirty p.m., I jumped in. I'm like, okay, American cheese. How much there, can there be to this? Like, I think I left out a lot because I fell asleep after a while. Mm-hmm. 
Can I do spilled mail? Yes, please do. Okay, so listener Brighter says, Hello, my name is Brighter and I am 14 years old. My mom has asked a question before, presumably a question on the show. Uh, and I th- <laughs> No, just a, a question <laughs> in general. And I thought I would email you with a different question. My mom has asked a question, Brighter, why are you doing that? <laughs> I just got braces. It sucks. Oh, so sorry, Brighter. Yeah. Do you have any ideas for some soft food other than applesauce and chicken noodle soup? I'm a pretty adventurous eater. Thanks. Love the podcast. All right. Here are a couple things that came to mind for me. Cheese omelet. I love making myself a cheese omelet. The way I make them, they are super soft because I uh, like get them in and out of the pan really quick so they don't brown and they're just kind of like runny and delicious. Mm -hmm. What about juk? Absolutely. Yeah, we did a whole episode on kanji or juk. Listen, mm-hmm. listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. With Hetty McKinnon yeah. as our as our guest on the show. Very listen easy to, to make and you can season it however you like. Mm-hmm. It could make it spicy. Yeah. Hiyayako, like um, cubes of silken tofu that you top with uh, soy sauce and like grated ginger. I don't know. Like I know you're not supposed to like get little bits of stuff in your in your braces, but like you can top it like with whatever seems good. And if you get some decent quality silken tofu, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, other other soft tofu dishes like uh, yudofu, which is like stewed tofu, like tofu in hot broth, mm-hmm. uh, is very tasty. Bear paw tofu is more work, but totally worth it because it's like um, fried tofu, but it's not it's not like crispy, so mm-hmm. it's still it's still like soft and yielding, but it has like a little more a little more chew to it and uh, you make a spicy sauce to go with it. Mm-hmm. What about mashed potatoes? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, there was this I don't know how you feel about eggplant. I love eggplant. But I know that we've mentioned on the show a long time ago this old Francis Lamb recipe yes. uh, from the Gourmet Magazine website. So if you go to Gourmet like search Gourmet.com Francis Lamb eggplant and basically, you cook eggplant for a really long time to turn it into like a mush, which yeah. then becomes a pasta sauce. And it is so good. I have an eggplant recipe that we, we had for dinner recently that I would also recommend that um, that I think would be perfect. It is called um, Fish Fragrant Eggplant Slices. Oh, I love that. Um, it's uh, it's it's a bit of work to make because mm-hmm. you have to um, slice uh, slice up the eggplant, uh, salt it, and then fry it, and then stir fry it. But it sure is worth it. It's so good. I have only eaten it when you have cooked it for me. So good, and it's incredible. What about like uh, braises? Yeah, like um, braised pork shoulder comes to mind. Yes, because like, it, it braises so soft. Well, and you can season it to sort of like any cuisine that you want. Yeah, I mean, you and- could. And then you don't have to do anything. You just like put it in the oven for four hours on low heat. Yes. Nice. Okay. Wow. Let us, Brighter, please, please get back in touch and let us know if any of those suggestions were helpful or if you made any of them. Great. All right. Or, or convince your mom to make them, which is even better. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, we, you know, what we haven't done lately is uh, what's going on in the underworld. Oh, Let's yeah. Do that what first. is going on in the underworld? So uh, I haven't been playing Hades very much, but Teenager of the Show December has been playing every day. I finally got my kid hooked on video games. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> um, was a long slog. And uh, they made it out of the underworld. And I was like, does that mean you won the game? And they were like, no. Once you get out of the underworld, it gets even harder because Zagreus, the hero, can't survive. Like like the the uh, like above world environment like doesn't doesn't agree with his constitution, and so like he can't survive very well up there. And so it's it's even you have to like like get like life 
life total bonuses and like battle your way through. I don't know. I've kind of lost the plot at this point. Wow. Okay. Wow. That well, there's but, a lot but going I'm on keep you uh, in the in the uh, above world. Yeah. So maybe that doesn't really fit the segment. New segment. What's going on above the underworld? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And now it's time for now, but wow. Matthew, what are you into this week? Okay, I feel like I already talked about this, but I think you'll know if I did or not. Did Have I talked about 20th Century Boys on the show? This doesn't sound familiar. Okay, I've been reading this comic series. It's a, it's a Japanese manga comic series called 20th Century Boys uh, by Naoki Urasawa. It's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a classic. Um, like People who know manga will know this series very well, I think. Um, and it's available in a, in a beautiful uh, English language edition in 12 volumes. I don't remember where I heard about it or why I picked up the first one, but like I wasn't, I wasn't like totally won over by the first volume. But then I'm like, the library has it. I'll try one more, and then I totally got hooked. This is a absolutely like wild, rollicking adventure story that takes place in three different timelines because it is about a group of kids in the '70s who like as kids do come up with uh, this this like ongoing like uh, you know story that they that they play that they act out about like a battle of good versus evil that happens on uh, on like the eve of the 21st century and there's like a giant robot and a death cult and a scary symbol with an eyeball and uh, like you know this is a fun thing they do at kids as kids and then fast forward to uh, the eve of the 21st century and suddenly it's all actually happening and they have to figure out why who who like within their orbit, like you know, knew about this and uh, and you know made it all real, and the bad guys win. But like 15 years later, in 2015, like the people who survived have to are are trying to bring down the death cult, and so it keeps like moving around between these different time periods. You meet tons of cool characters. It's super exciting. There's there's tons of like adventure story and I, manga cliches deployed I, really well I and love i love how, the giant robot i love the enthusiasm on your face listener i'm sorry you can't see it the enthusiasm on your face and in your voice when you talk about this yeah i feel like there are some things about it that may have not aged as well and it's very like like you know boy for focused story sure but it is incredibly fun, and I have I've forgotten how annoying it is to have to like track down all the volumes of a series with many volumes because yeah. <laughs> I've been getting some from the library, but then some of them they don't have, and I've been like ordering used copies and waiting for those. And uh, anyway, it's great. Twentieth Century Boys by Naoki Urasawa. Fun. Okay. Well, our producer, as always, is Abby Circatella. And you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And go to reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk to, uh, I was going to say, hook up with other people who like the show. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a grinder for for podcast listeners. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a, a burr grinder. That's a food thing, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. A, 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 it's like a mill. It's like, it'll just grind you up and spit you out. All right. All uh, right. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that, uh, like, if you put us in your ears, we'll melt. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Epster Burton. Why you gotta be such a downer, bro? No, you're right. We can We can rekindle the magic. I've been meaning to tell you, I went to wizard school. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.